Gracious God, we bow before you with all your people on this day. Your world is in such need of this spirit. You do not need to be informed of that. Please do not withhold this from us, even though we do not deserve it in any way. And yet we so desperately need it. We open the scriptures, our hearts, our minds to the truth of your word in this moment. Through Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. Passage of scriptures from Numbers, the 11th chapter. They um, have exited from Egypt. They've been slaves for over 400 years. There may be hundreds of thousands of people who have exited uh, Egypt. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They're in the wilderness. And so here we have this story. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. And then the Lord became very angry And Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servant so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give birth to them? That you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a suckling child to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors. Where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For they come weeping to me and say, give us meat to eat. I'm not able to carry all this people alone for they're too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. So the Lord said to Moses, gather for me 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their place there with you. I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people along with you so that you will not bear it all by yourself. The word of the Lord. Well, Moses is talking to God in this story. So so we can say this is prayer. This is Moses praying to God. And he prays this, I'm not able to carry all this people alone. Now, alone is a bad word in the Bible. 
In the creation account, you remember God created everything that was and said everything was good except one thing. You remember what that was? It is not good that, let's say, humanity, not just man, but both man or woman, it's not good for humanity to be what? Alone. There it is, right in the beginning. It's a bad word. Now, what that does not mean is that we can't be by ourselves. We have to be by ourselves from time to time. You got to get away from each other and have some isolation, some quiet time. No, the word alone means that we are disconnected from community. It means we're isolated. It means we're by ourselves. And we're detached. That's alone. And Moses feels alone, interestingly enough, out there in the wilderness with thousands of people around him, and that is possible. It's possible for you to feel alone with thousands of people around you. It's possible to feel alone in your own home with your family around you. Because you're disconnected, you're isolated, you're detached. That's where Moses is. So the people begin to complain. And all they have to eat is manna, which is a thin cake-like substance. And they want some meat. They want a steak. They want something with substance to eat. They're hungry. And so they begin to complain. And Moses says to the Lord, I can't fix this. You ever been in a situation like this? Whatever the demand is, you don't have what it takes to fix it. I can't fix my son. I can't fix my daughter. I can't fix my marriage. I can't fix myself. I'm not able to do this, oh Lord, alone. Moses is overwhelmed. Do you hear it in this prayer? He has no idea where he's going, doesn't have a map, no GPS. They have no homes. They have no substantial food supply. They have no steady supply of water or any convenient sanitation. Think about this. Some numbers say that this could be 2 million people out there. Others say 600,000. You don't, it's hard to know what the numbers were, but it was a lot of people No sanitation, no electricity, no uh, sophisticated transportation, or even sophisticated communication system. If Moses wanted to say anything to the whole crowd in the wilderness, the people in the back are not going to hear him. This is chaos. And that's what a wilderness is whether it's a physical wilderness or a spiritual wilderness. It's a place of scarcity. It's a place where I don't have what it takes to face what I've got to face. That's a wilderness. And I think this wilderness in the Bible is a wilderness that all of us 
enter at some point in our life, we all go there. So it shouldn't surprise us when Moses prays this prayer to God. Why have you treated your servant so badly? Now this, you know, Moses and God apparently have this kind of honest relationship. Moses does not pray nice little Presbyterian prayers. You know, those little flowery things we spit out. He talks to God for real. Jewish people are pretty good at that in the Old Testament. When they pray, they, they're up. They pray up in God's face. They, they say what they're thinking. We could learn something. Why have you treated your servant so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? He just keeps going. Did I conceive all these people? I feel that way sometimes in ministry, actually. <laughs> and he just keeps going. Did I give birth to them? That you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a suckling child. In other words, am I supposed to breastfeed these people? Where am I to get the meat to give to? There's no meat out here. Haven't seen one cow. And they come weeping to me. To the human leadership. And I'm not able to carry this people alone. There it is. Bad word. They're too heavy for me. Oh gosh, at least he's honest. Some of us cannot admit that. And we keep faking it like we can do it. And we can't. And Moses prays this. I call this the kill me prayer. If this is the way you're going to treat me, put me to death at once. If I found any favor in your sight and don't let me see my misery. In other words, Lord, I'd rather be dead than be here. Now, what I find interesting in this prayer, too, is that Moses uses a feminine image to express his frustration to God. Did you notice that? What does Moses know about conceiving or giving birth? Nothing. He's a man. But apparently he's seen this from afar and thought, Lord, that's awful. And so he uses a feminine image to try to express to God what he feels like. I feel like a woman giving birth to children and having to breastfeed them. And they're hanging on me and I can't get away from them. I feel like a mother. And he's so desperate. He says, kill me if this isn't going to change. Now, we think the people in the Bible are spiritual giants, like God called them and they were all buffed up. And if you read the Bible slow enough, you'll find out that's far from the truth. They're just like you. Moses, David, Abraham, Sarah, they're a cast of clowns that God has chosen to use. 
except sometimes they're sad. God has some choices here in this story. One, he could have killed Moses. That's what he asked for. Kill me. If it's not going to change, kill me. God could have said, well, okay. Because I've kind of had enough with you anyway, Moses. I mean, you killed an Egyptian. You're a murderer. Uh, you, You have a speech impediment. I forgot about that when I called you. You've been whining the whole time. I mean, I had to go through 10 plagues because you couldn't get this done. So killing you is a good idea. God could have killed him. Second choice, God could have fired him from the job. You're dismissed. I no longer need your services. You are uncalled. I'm going to use your brother Aaron. You're out. Third choice, just scold him and chastise him for being so weak and whiny. But none of that happened. Here's what the Lord said to Moses. Gather for me 70 of the elders of Israel who you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them and bring them to the tent of meeting. Now that's church. Bring them to where we worship and have them take their place there with you. I'm going to come down, talk with you there, and then I'm going to take some of the spirit that is on you and I'm going to put it on them. This is the first time in the Bible that God has moved from solo leadership to team leadership. This is the first time God's moved off of Abraham or Isaac or Jacob and moved or Moses and now moved to where it's a body of leadership. I'm going to change, says the Lord, the way I do business. This is refreshing. In other words, the old system isn't working anymore, so here's what I'm going to do. I could kill you. I'm not going to. I could fire you. I'm not. I could scold you for being a weak little whiny human, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the way we do business. It's a new business plan. Go get 70 of the elders, bring them here, and I'm going to take the spirit, some of it that's on you, and I'm going to empower them. Do you know this story is the root of our Presbyterian form of government? Nobody works alone. And no preacher, regardless of who you find to put up here, should ever be alone. So Moses didn't see this fourth option. He didn't see what the Lord was going to do. Sometimes we can't see far enough, can we? We can't see the fourth option. Because all we see is our circumstances. All Moses could hear was the weeping of the people. All he could feel were the burdens and the demands. All he could see and feel were his circumstances. And what he didn't calculate was the power and majesty of God. He'd seen God do some incredible things in his lifetime. The burning bush, the plagues, the parting of the Red Sea. But sometimes your circumstances get in the way of your faith. And it's hard to know when to have faith. I mean, honestly, and when to just accept the circumstances. That's not easy. 
Because we live by logic. And we live by reason. And we live by what we know. And when you're in a wilderness, sometimes all you can see is wilderness. But God saw something Moses didn't see. God had an option Moses didn't have. It wasn't Moses' idea to put 70 elders together and create a session. I don't know if I would have done that. I wouldn't have thought of that. It's not his idea to put some of the spirit that's on him onto them, that they shall bear the burden of this people along with you. Notice God did not take the burden away. God doesn't even give them meat to eat. Did you notice that in the story? I mean, they're whining and crying for meat and and God doesn't even respond to the meat. He gives him 70 elders and he says, they're going to bear the burdens because the burdens aren't going to go away. Not all the time they're not. We should hope that God does not answer our prayers when our visions are too small. We should hope that God does not answer our prayers when our solutions are too limited. Because it's not meat we need. It's trust. The question in any wilderness is whether you can trust God when everything around you says you cannot. That's where we are right here. It wasn't Moses who needed to die in the wilderness. It was his lack of trust that needed to die. So on this day of Pentecost, the day the church celebrates the gift of this spirit that was dispensed from Moses to the elders, and then later, many, many years later, that spirit was dispensed on all human flesh. This is God's idea. And this spirit brings the fourth option to us, the one you can't see this morning. The one I can't see in situations that I've got in my life and I'm thinking, well, here's A, here's B, here's C. D. I don't know what D is. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's that thing I would never think up. It's the thing I can't see. God grant us this spirit as we ordain these officers. And as we gather around this table of forgiveness and grace. And grant this world that is in such chaos, which isn't new actually. This world has been in chaos perhaps since the creation of this world. But grant this world this spirit, lest we all perish in our own wilderness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.